backboard banter on the board with your hosts Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner where the banter's ass ferocious Luca versus the Clippers gonna do it to him man gonna give it to him they just can't stop him he's got so much power with the, the the versatility, the options, Matt, that he has. Like, he's telling Pat Bev he's too small and can't guard him. Kawhi, like, none of them want to guard him. It's amazing to watch, Matt. I saw this funny meme that was comparing the way that Luka treats the Clippers is the way that uh, LeBron used to treat the Raptors back in the day. Just absolutely no respect. <laughs> it shows, man. He is just putting in work on them. Gonna knock them out. You got, you're making me think about points that I want to make later when we're ripping the Clippers apart when we're actually talking about this series because you're right. The kid is looking LeBron-esque with the way that he makes everyone around him so much better. It's beautiful, Matt. I've had way too much fun watching the NBA playoffs so far. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Well, last week, man, my take failed me. The Pacers... Losing to Washington, Washington squeaking in there. Um, not that it's going to do them any good. Looks like Philly's probably just going to sweep them right out. But it's it's because you flip flopped, man. You had faith, and then you didn't have faith, and it let, that's that's what happened to you, dude. Oh, gotta stick with the the Wizards, man. Gotta stick with Russell Westbrook. You know, should have kept with him. He's a great guy, great player, one of my all time favorite players. But bro, he's an absolute legend for sure. You didn't get fifty from Jabba. but you got. Real close. Man, I just have to bring up, in in the last four games, he's put up 20 points, 35 points, 26 points, 47 points. I, I mean, like, we're going to get to this 47-point performance that he had last night later, but he put up 35 against Golden State, and I was super pumped for him, and I'm really glad that this team is in the playoffs, Matt, because they're playing really well. Man, I can't believe they knocked off Golden State. Uh, good for them. That's a big boost for guys like Jaron Jackson um and him so and dylan brooks man putting in work the canadian shout out gotta do it you know yeah we are gonna be talking more about this team because you didn't even mention our boy jv who is kind of struggle but it is gobert but matt it's been an awesome week in basketball but let's flip ways to the other side because the first round of the nhl playoffs is almost done my dude and it has been up and down left and right yeah man i mean five of the eight series have already been decided St. Louis, Washington, Edmonton, Florida, Pittsburgh, see you later. Colorado, Boston, <laughs> Winnipeg, Tampa, and the Islanders are all moving on to the next round. Um, yeah, some were sweeps, some were a little bit tighter. Um, but I really want to start with that St. Louis, Colorado series. I know everybody predicted Colorado to, to beat them pretty bad, and a sweep was predicted. But just the way that it was done, man. McKinnon with his nine points in four games. Guy's got six goals already. Like, just a monster. Crazy. The Avalanche are absolutely putting in a show right now and looking like a contender, Matt, that you'd been talking about all season. Yeah, man. I mean, I they had a, a rough patch in the at the beginning in the middle there, but they really turned it on at the end. And yeah, they're the team to beat in the Western Conference for sure. I mean, it didn't help St. Louis that they lost Robert Bertuzzo, Vince Dunn, and Justin Falk after Game 2, three of their regular defensemen. But guys like Tarasenko on their team have to step up. He only had two goals in the entire series, and both came in that elimination game, Game 4, where they lost 5-2. So There's been a ton of goals, Matt. I've seen overtimes left and right, and 
if you're not going to put in the puck in the back of the net, you're not going to win games this year. That's what I've been seeing. Yeah, definitely got to put the puck in the back of the net. Like some guy named Pasternak who scored one of the most beautiful playoff goals I've seen in a while, a couple nights ago, eliminating the Washington Capitals. I mean, Boston just proved to be a deeper team. They had nine players get at least a goal in that series while Washington only had six. And Tuka Rask really outperformed Anderson and Samsonov. I mean, Samsonov did have that big mistake at the end of game three that cost them. Maybe that was the difference. Maybe it got into his head for the rest of the series. But Tuka really just showed up, man. The team looks good. I'm obviously going to be rooting for the Islanders, their next opponent coming up, because you know how I feel about that team. Yeah. Don't we all feel the same way? I did feel bad for Big Zidane Chara having to shake hands with his former teammates. That kind of stings a little bit for a player who wasn't necessarily wanted back by the organization, had to go find a new team, and to get eliminated by your old one, yikes. It's rough to see, but like he had a fantastic career with that organization, and hopefully he'll be honored one day, you know? He definitely is going to get honored by them, man. He's a, he's a surefire Hall of Famer, great guy, great player. One of the scariest players of the past generation, for sure. Terrifying. I still love watching that YouTube video of him fighting Brian McCabe as an Ottawa senator. <laughs> Just makes him look like a rag doll. And Brian McCabe is not a small man by any means. No, no, that video is wild, man. I- I've seen it a couple times for sure. <laughs> oh, man. You know who came up really small in their series, though? McDavid and Dreisaitl, buddy. I mean, four points in four games. Dreisaitl had five. Both were held pointless in the first two. Like, nobody thought Winnipeg was going to beat them except for maybe me. <laughs> you ha- you said it. You had it. I didn't expect a sweep, though. Jeez, that was quick, man. You did say, you know, hold McDavid to one point a game. Gonna get the win. Well, that's the, that's it. They they held him down, and I mean, you would expect him and other other players of this team to come out and have moments. And you know, obviously, Allison Sad is an Edmonton native for this team, but you know, they say they want to stick together and they'll come up swinging. And I mean, McDavid is such a stud that eventually they've got to break through, right? You would think, man, especially the first time that they got in the playoffs, they went all the way to the the second round or maybe the conference finals. Like it was. They had a good run, and you thought it was going to be sky's the limits for McDavid and Drysaddle, but you know, six years into the career, and he's still playing golf after the first round, which not nice. I mean, Connor Hellebuck definitely showed out in that series, the reigning Vesna Trophy winner with a nine fifty eight save percentage, one five five goals against average, was the major reason besides the depth of the Jets. I mean, he was just fantastic in that series, and Mike Smith couldn't keep up. I love the parody, Matt. The fact that there's been such high-scoring games left and right, but also we've had some amazing like performances from goaltenders truly taking series left and right. And so it, it's awesome when you can have the different variants from teams coming into the first round. Yeah, absolutely fantastic, man. I mean, going to another goalie, Andre Vasilevsky, who was probably the best goal in the playoffs last year. He's looking fantastic this year, sporting a 929. I mean, they eliminated Florida last night, not without a fight. I mean, Huberto and Barkov put up great performances, but when you're only going to have two guys at that level versus a team with Kucherov 11 points, Hedman, Stamkos, Alex Kilroin, Kilron with eight points, and Braden Point with six, like five players at a point per game or better, and a goalie who's almost sporting a 930, like not many teams are going to beat that. 
Matt, we can't forget this is the defending champions right here, and I'm always going to be rooting for the Lightning. Yeah, them and their little uh, stunt to get a super team. It worked out. <laughs> uh, uh, super teams, man. People love building them these days, you know? That's what you got to do sometimes to go all the way. Yeah, man. I mean, J JT thought uh, when he left the Islanders, John Tavares thought he was going to be joining a super team in Toronto. But, you know, the Islanders, they don't miss him whatsoever. I think... Every year that he's been gone, they've made the playoffs. And I think they've made the second round in like three of the four years that he's been gone. They knocked off the Pittsburgh Penguins, who I thought were going to go pretty deep in, into this uh, playoff round. But man, that that rookie goalie from last year, Ilya Sorkin, sporting a 943 and a 195 goals against average against guys like Malkin, Carter, to um, Crosby, Latang, like he was he just really killed them, man. Tristan Yari, Jari with only an 8.88 save percentage and more than three goals allowed per game. That's the major difference, man, because Pittsburgh only won games that Marlon started. Plus, you're not going to win many series when Crosby only scores two points in six games. It's tough times in Pittsburgh, Matt. I think I was reading somewhere that this is their like third straight first-round elimination in the past few years. Like, It has been a struggle, and Pittsburgh and Crosby, they've got to figure something out at this point. Yeah, man. I mean, after winning those back-to-back -back cups, they haven't done much, and they lost to, to lost to Montreal last year and New York this year. Not fun for them, man. But that'll wrap up all the series that have kind of concluded. Um, last night, big win from the Minnesota Wilds, Minnesota Wild to put them up or take them back from a three-one series deficit. They they won three nothing to force a game seven. Flurry, after having a really hot start to the playoffs, has had two pretty poor poor performances. And Cam Talbot, man, he's proven that he's a steady rock back there. He's been really good all series, and he's given Minnesota a chance to pull off this upset. You could almost say that they have the advantage now, right? They've put Vegas under threat, and, you know, Vegas has had a pretty good run since they've joined, and it would be tough to see them out right now, and I'm sure the Minnesota fans would be super happy to see it. Yeah, Minnesota would be going nuts for it, especially when uh, Krill the Thurl Kaprizov, the guy who's going to win the Calder Trophy this year, has only like, I think, three or four points so far in the series. So he's not even gone off. Like Minnesota looking dangerous out there in Vegas. I mean, they they played them hard all season. So I didn't expect it, but a lot of people did. So I'm interested to see that game seven. Who doesn't love a game seven, no matter what? type of sport we're talking about my dude exactly man and nashville's looking to force a game seven tonight against carolina uc saros and alex Najelkovic. i mean we were talking about some really high scoring games but these two goalies have both put on great performances for their teams three of the five games have gone to overtime both are rocking seriously good numbers with uc saros he's got a slightly higher goals against average of 259 but a 928 save percentage, and Nadelkovic's got the 210 goals against average with a 927 save percentage. It's a battle of the goalies out there, man. And Nashville turned around their their season midway through. There was rumors they were going to get rid of Matthias Ekholm and and other key parts, but man, they seem to be rolling. And Carolina just squeaked out the last overtime game. Let's see if they can can end the series tonight, or if it gets pushed to a game seven. It would be super exciting for a team that you and many others in the Canes have been like putting up and saying that they could do a lot of noise in this playoff. So, I mean, if the Preds can come back, that's that'll definitely be exciting. Yeah, man. I 
really thought Carolina would handle them pretty easily, but pretty shocked about the way it's going. What I'm not shocked about, though, and what I've been dreading to talk about are my Montreal Canadiens, man. Ugh. Matt, all- it's going to be okay. I'm just going to start not, with that. It's going to be okay. It's not. <laughs> I mean, after that game one win, I, I watched that game and I thought to myself, oh, playoff hockey's back. Refs have their whistles away. Montreal's hitting everything that moves. Maybe a little bit of stick penalties here. Maybe a little bit of roughing penalties there that don't get called. But I don't know what happened after game one, but the refs have kind of tightened up the, the whistles here and, and reined in Montreal while kind of allowing Wayne Simmons to do whatever he wants. I mean, that penalty on Perry getting interfered with, but his as he's flying in the air, his stick hits Wayne Simmons in the face. He gets called for the high stick. Pretty yes. wild, in my opinion. Um, you know, I would love to say that, that Toronto is just absolutely dominating them with the skill, but... Matthews only has three points in four games, all in one game. Marner only has three points in four games. There's no John Tavares, no Nick Foligno, and yet Montreal's still down 3-1 in this series? Like, come on, boys. It's tough. It's tough for you, right? Like, as an outsider looking in, I see, you know, Montreal battling. Like, they obviously had that one really bad blowout game, but, you know, Price came out, he stole that game and at the beginning of the series, and... You know, hopefully tonight it won't be the end for you, but it's been tough in the past few games for your boys. Yeah, man, they should have won game 3-2 on the back of that performance. That stick save on Jason Spezza was a masterpiece. He is definitely somebody different in the playoffs. He brings out that greatness, that true inner, you know, competitive battle that he has. I don't know what he does, but... One guy he's got to solve is William Nylander because that guy has been killing us. He's got a goal in every single game so far this series. They can't stop him to save their lives. It seems to be Toronto's bottom six that's really doing the bulk of the damage here, whereas Montreal's bottom six can't generate anything. I mean, Eric Stahl looks awful. Corey Perry looks slow. And they're putting them with a guy like Yuel Armia who's hit and miss. Or Anderson has been buried on that line. Like, why would you play your best forward with some of the worst forwards? It doesn't make any sense to me. It just feels like really poor management. Ugh. The boys are just getting stretched thin on the ice. The defense, it's been tough. And I mean, you said it best at the end there, right? Mismanagement. Matt, I know you. I know that you have so many thoughts and ways that you would love to change up what they're doing. But unfortunately, as a fan, you've just got to ride the bench and watch the games from afar. Man, putting in Gustafson over Romanov tonight, after explicitly saying that you wouldn't put in Caulfield to help the power play, now you're saying that you're only putting him <laughs> in to help the power play. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I know you got it. I knew you had to change something up on D because, well, Montreal has no defenseman with a point. Toronto has six with a point or better. Like, that's the major difference in this series is Montreal's team, Montreal's defense is so worried about the high-powered Toronto offense that they forget that you also need goals to win games, so they don't do anything. And it's just been been brutal to watch, my friend. Uh, after that game one high, I've been on a low ever since. Sucks. Pull me to basketball, my friend. Pull me to basketball. I'll pull you to a place where you don't have to have your team in the playoffs, Matt, so your bias doesn't have to exist. You can just enjoy good content, and that that's what we've been getting with this NBA playoff season so far. There's been great games left and right. I'll start off, you know, with our usual things of note. COVID, 
Nothing this week that has actually been stopping games. I'm really happy so far with that. We talk about injuries. The only serious one is Jeff Green for the Nets has plantar fascia. He left game two on Tuesday with a left foot injury. He's going to be out for 10 days or so. You know, a rotation piece that's important for this team, but uh, not super. Matt, with the way they've been playing against the Celtics, not going to matter. Nah, man, that might be a sweep. I thought it was going to be a much closer series. I thought Boston would be able to do something, but that three-headed monster of KD, Harden, and Kyrie just showing out right now. All right, well, we'll save that, but you're right. It's been unfortunate for Boston fans. Not that I'm complaining, but let's talk about let's talk about some awards, Matt. Your boy, Julius Randle, he locked up MIP this this like the scene, Matt. I'm sure you've seen it. You know, with his boy coming in with the trophy, like absolutely adorable. I love to see it. Julius Randle, fantastic season and uh, the Knicks they tied it up and won one series. Yeah, man. I mean, he's a very deserving player to get that award. Last year, he was pretty comically bad in in, uh, New York as their main player, as their number one option. But this year, he's kind of taken himself to fringe MVP candidate and all-star. It's pretty wild. He joins uh, another former Laker in winning an honor this, this week. It's true. Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year. We talked about this award last week, and Matt... Watching the Utah Jazz this week in their games, like obviously Jaw has been doing crazy things with the Grizzly, but you can see how strong the bench is for the Jazz. And I almost want to be like, can you just give the six-man award to the entire Utah Jazz bench? Because like we talked about Clarkson, we talked about Bogey, but we didn't even mention Joe Ingles, who has also been a fantastic shooter for this team, handed him this award. But congratulations, Clarkson. Great season. It's kind of funny to see him win six-man of the year while Randall's winning MIP. You got Brandon Ingram showing out in New Orleans. Lonzo looks okay. Uh, D'Angelo Russell's a former All-Star. You know, the Lakers just kind of stayed the course. wonder where their team would be now. Man, different reality, right? But, hey, they, they got LeBron. They got their championship. AD found his way there. But it's crazy when you have a lot of this talent that was together and couldn't make it happen because of an organization sense rather than, you know, like a an Oklahoma City Thunder scenario where you had three future MVPs that just couldn't put it together. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm thinking about other things, Matt. Do you want to talk about the other finalists or do we want to wait for this awards? Like, you know, that big scenario that they have, that big scene, that big show that they have, and then we'll talk about it. We can just talk about these playoffs, the awesome things and some of the negative things that we've seen. Yeah, man, I'm pretty good to, to skip over the finalists and, and wait for the awards to be handed out. I did think that it was absolutely disgusting that a fan during a pandemic spat on Trey Young. That was utterly classless and so disgusting like who do you think you are and who raised you and i didn't see Stephen a bashing him on live television like he like he should uh maybe because he's a knicks fan knicks fans disgusting it's it's rough matt it's obviously unacceptable there's no place for it and I'm sad because I was so excited to come on today and talk to you about how amazing the crowds have been, Matt. Because if you've been watching these games, like Madison Square Garden obviously is the mecca. So it was like the pinnacle of crowd noise and, and, and entertainment. But basketball is better when you get the swing of the crowd, when you get the flow of the game. And 
it's a shame that, you know, we have to have this moment happen. We have to have, you know, Popcorn Gate, this stupid Ugh. fan. Like, what are you even thinking? Like, there's so many, there's there's this HD angle, Matt, that I saw where this fan is full on as Westbrook is walking out, like putting up his thumbs down, double thumbs down. And then you see him like, oh, wait, where's my popcorn bag? Let me just, bro, how dumb are you? I'm so glad that both of these fans sure. have officially been banned from their arenas. I hope they get banned from the sport of basketball because like unacceptable Matt. There's no place for it. You just can't do this. How entitled do you have to be to feel like you could pour popcorn on some guy? Like Westbrook should have been allowed to go up there and just beat him <laughs> into a pulp because at the end of the day, man, that's what that guy needs to get, you know, his head straight. And the the comments on TNT after how, you know, Chuck was like, yeah, you know, they should just let Westbrook go up there and, and tackle with him. And, and Ernie, you know, the most tame of, of all the dudes up there is like, I mean, just, you know, bring the guy down to the court. Let him have to deal with Westbrook himself. I wouldn't want to fight Westbrook. Like, oh, man, it's unfortunate that we have to deal with this. Man, I was also hearing that Bradley Beal uh, at the end of the game was with his son and apparently was hearing some very disturbing comments from fans. So I, I hope this is the end of it. You know, the fact that we have to talk about these things, but I mean, you know, with, with Kyrie going to Boston, you know, back to Boston, like anything is possible. I just hope we don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah, man. Hopefully we won't have to talk about these dumb, dumb fans. Because it's so dumb. Man, it's a privilege to go see an NBA game and to watch these guys play. Respect them. Respect what they do. Respect the fact that you aren't their competitor in the ring. You are a fan who is watching them. Have some class. And and seeing seeing the crowds filled with what fifteen thousand fans in some of these arenas, like how do you how do you think that you are not gonna get in trouble or get caught? Anyways, uh, let's move on, Matt. I'm I'm getting frustrated here thinking about dumb fans and how they could come up with this decision in the first place. So we move on to the series. Where do you want to start, my dude? Well, I did want to just touch on the two play in games. Uh, that happened right oh, after right. Our, yeah. our podcast, man. I mean, Washington blowing out the Pacers, wrecking my mystic prediction hot take. <laughs> uh, you probably could have called it. Um, Westbrook with almost another near triple-double, but DeMontis Sabonis nailed it with the triple-double. Not enough for his team. Bradley Beal, just efficient and good. Like, I don't know, man. Not much. Not much else I can say. I mentioned it last week. This is why that Super Sunday was so important. Why, you know, Westbrook and that team had to push through to get the eighth seed so they could have a bad game to then have the opportunity to come in and win a second opportunity. And and that's what they did. And unfortunately, Pacers went home. But it was that second game, Matt, that was like the real banger. The first of Jaws, really fantastic performances. And Golden State, Curry, they're... uh, they're playing some golf right now, unfortunately for them. Yeah, man. In a game that Draymond gets a triple-double, you would think Golden State's going to win. But Ja, baby, he willed that team to that victory with 35-6-6. Six, and six. Uh, Got to give the kid credit. He also had four steals. Like, man was on a mission. Golden State's in a fine place, though. You know, we'll talk about this later once we start bringing in the draft when we get past the actual playoffs because, you know, they might find a way to sneak in a Minnesota pick. But, Matt, can we te- keep talking about Jaw? If we're done with the plan and ready to talk about games, can we just talk about the Jazz Grizzlies series? Yeah, man. I'm totally down to talk about that series. What do you want to start uh, with? 
I mean, I want to start with that dunk attempt that Ja tried to do on Gobert last night. Like, this kid has no, no fear. fear. He's he's 21. He officially put up the most points in Grizzlies history, the most by a player 21 or younger, 72 points to open the playoffs. You know, that's the second most in history behind George Mikan and, and just in front of Luka Doncic. Like, I'm, I'm sad that they have to face the Jazz because... The Grizzlies are such a good young team, and I'm so excited for their future. Man, they are a really good young team. This Jazz team has been putting on a show all year, and in the first game of the playoffs, they they lose. Man, Dylan Brooks with that 31-7-2, like, Canadian, great player, great shout-out. And then Jaw with 47. I know they lost that game, but geez, was it tight. It's also just been a fantastic like coaching job as well because JV has been in foul trouble for the majority of the series and I know even last night uh, Triple J was in dealing with it and obviously game one is a weird blip with you know Mitchell being I guess forced to sit from the organization but man it has been a fantastic series to watch and I really hope that we get to see at least four more games like I want the Grizzlies to get another win here and push the Jazz because this could be what Utah needs to be ready for the next round and then potentially to go further so I'm just hoping for more great basketball from these two teams yeah man definitely a wake-up call when you got to play solid team in the first round always better prepare you for the next one do you want to talk about Probably one of the most more shocking to people, Luka Magic just taken out the Clippers, my friend. Oh, gotta love it. He's the future, Matt. Like, when we were talking about it at the beginning, I mentioned the LeBron comment. Like, I think about the way Hardaway has been playing, which is out of his mind, obviously. But it's just so beautiful to see a team like the Clippers who wanted this, right, Matt? They wanted the Mavs. We joked about it. They they tanked specifically so they could avoid the Lakers. Well, you're going to be really avoiding the Lakers when Luka comes out and potentially goes all the way. Like, the Clippers are down 0-2 now. They've lost both games at home. Pandemic P is back. Three for 15 on threes in the first two games. And, I mean, Matt, Kawhi had a game last night. 41 points? Like, I don't know what they do at this point. I think Luca might have him. Dude, he 100% has them. Uh, <laughs> like, it's just wild. Um, also want to shout out the fact that with his 32 points per game, 9.5 rebounds per game, and 8.8 assists per game through eight career playoff games, he is owning those Clippers, man. He is telling Kawhi... <laughs> I don't care who you think you are, maybe a top five player all time when you left the Raptors. Nah, nah, nah. Watch the new GOAT. I am Luka. Love it, man. They're just dying in the switches, right? Like, Pat Bev is too small. Manhandle. Rondo, who is supposed to be, you know, the guy to come in, has spent far too much time on the bench, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. A lot of other people's opinion. But it's just, I love Luka. Just like, cussing them out in Slovenian or whatever. It's so funny. He's so good. He has all the confidence from the years he spent overseas. And, oh, Matt, we called Luca for MVP this season. Were we just a year too early? Man, maybe we just missed uh, MVP for finals MVP. <laughs> Potentially. The guy is 
Lights out, good man. I'm loving to see it. It is making my day for sure. I said it last week, Matt. I I I I called the Clippers coming through this series, but I'm super happy if I'm wrong with that. And uh, I don't want to get too far into it because obviously everyone is ripping on the Clippers today, Matt. But the rumors are starting already, and five years of draft picks they traded for pandemic p anyways I'm, i gotta stop there it's too much damage matt way too much damage man well we can go from one dysfunctional la team to one that got the dub in game two man i mean Devin booker came out in that game one and was a man on a mission to show that they belonged in the playoffs and that they were going to take this series potentially from lebron james and anthony davis I loved what I saw from him in that game, man. I'm just sad because they proved in that first game that they were ready to play. DeAndre Ayton, especially in game one, was fantastic. Game two, you know, less or so. He still is shooting like 90%, probably like 80% from the field. But, uh, you know, I think this series is really on AD at this point. I mean, obviously it depends on CP3's injury and how much that will affect the series. But if AD can prove that he's the best big in this series, if he can keep dominating, and like, I mean, he kind of dominated in game two, I think the Lakers have it. But I'm sad because I wanted this series to be more and game one showed us that it had the potential for it. Well, man, I think in game one, Aiton had such a great game because Anthony Davis had such a poor one. Right, like Anthony Davis was a little bit more hesitant, didn't really kind of assert himself. Whereas in game two, he really did, and that kind of affected Aiton's game. But that's what they need, man, because without a, a strong performance from AD, I could see Phoenix really pushing this series deep. And that's kind of scary for the Lakers when you're counting on one of your more inconsistent players. I mean, of the two superstars on the team, he's definitely way more inconsistent. And he's probably one of the most inconsistent superstars in the league. So to have it all rest on him, I'd be pretty nervous. This is why it's still LeBron's team, and it's always going to be LeBron's team until he leaves. Matt, I only have two more things that I want to bring up regarding this series. The first is I'm glad to see Marcus Gasol get some minutes. You know, I, I thought that he was going to be important this series with the way that Aiton can play, and his IQ is important, and... My man's has hit down a couple of threes, which I'm always super hesitant to watch him take because I'm never confident. But, you know, I'm glad I had to shout out Mark Saul for getting some minutes. Not a ton, but I think that he's way more valuable than Drummond is in the series. Like, you can look I at Drummond's stats and he's putting in good numbers, but he's getting abused. He is getting abused. Aiton is, I'm sorry, he went 10 for 11 in the first game and 11 for 13. 20 points both games, 16 rebounds, 10 rebounds. Like, I'm glad to see it. Okay, I'll, I'll move on from that point. The other, the final point that I have is the f- the funniest the funniest moment so far in the series was uh, LeBron passed. He sent a pass over to KCP, and then KCP threw it in the corner. So I don't even know. And then it was like a bad shot, whatever. And then LeBron just like walks up to him and like puts his like his uh, his face to him. And he's like, "I brought you here to shoot. When I pass you, it shoot. Don't pass it up." Like I was dying. <laughs> watching him i'm like classic lebron just like coming out and you see just kcp just like shrink there he's just like i'm sorry i'm sorry senpai i'll be better next time like i loved seeing it dude well dude like the only reason kcp even has another nba contract is because of lebron and what he did last year so no lebron's like i'm the team i tell you what to do you do it or get out yeah 
that that's enough Lakers talk for me. I still am confident in this team. I think we'll be talking about them. Hopefully, Matt, in all honesty, I'm hoping that we're actually talking about game six this time next week, but I still think that the Lakers are going through. I mean, the CP3 injury, he looks hurt. He had to come out. You know, he had to come out and play less minutes because, like, he just can't work with his whole right arm, basically, at this point. I think it is. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate for him. It's a big loss for them, man. Massive loss. Do you want to finish it up with the the last uh, Western Conference playoff series? The most interesting one potentially left because, obviously, everyone still thinks the Jazz will come through. The Lakers will figure it out. <laughs> Mavs Clippers is just a joke at this point. But looking at the Nuggets Blazers... It has been so interesting because on the one hand, you have Lillard with his second career 40-point tennis playoff game. Mind you, he's in company with LeBron, Michael, and Westbrook as the only players to actually do that. But on the other end, they have no answer for Jokic. Like, Jokic has been fantastic in this series, as he has, as he must be considering with Jamal out. And uh, I think it's going to be so exciting for the next few games. And this series could go either way, but... I'm still rooting for the Nuggets. Man, I really want to see the Nuggets come through. I love that Lillard was saying that Jokic is 100% the MVP because there's zero chance they should give it to Steph when he had kind of the same season that Steph did last year and they wouldn't even consider him because the Blazers were such a low seed. Yeah, I love that. I love that Jokic put in 38 points to the tune of 15 of 20 from the field. The guy, you're 100% right. They have zero answer for him. Not that they have an answer for Denver has an answer for Lillard, but yeah. it's a clash of a big, a great big versus a great guard. And it's just a really exciting series to watch. I think that one's going to go the full seven. It's going to be really tight down the wire. Might be a coin flip, but I'll stick with my nuggets in this one. The thing that gets me interesting, Matt, is I look at that, that game where the Blazers had 21 turnovers in game two, which was a season high for them. And they led the league this season as, with the lowest amount, with 11.1. So, you know, as much as MPJ has stepped up for this team and the Aaron Gordon trade is seemingly working out really well for them, the Blazers have a chance to make some noise. And like they always do in the playoffs, because it's Dame Dollar. And hopefully Norman Powell can have some playoff moments because fans have been ripping him apart. And I'm sad to see that, you know? Yeah. They, they're they not happy that they gave up Gary Trent for him. He's going to have a big game. Just wait for it. Blazers fans, be patient. You know, you you haven't got... If you get to the finals and you're playing the Bucks, you're going to win because you have Norman Powell. Just remember that. Okay, I'm, 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 I'll move past this. <laughs> also, just want to shout out happy 28th birthday to Norm. It's his birthday this past week. Love oh, the guy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, happy birthday, Norm. Mm. All right, so Matt, where do you want to start in the East? Because there's a bunch of good series. I mean... Maybe I was wrong. Maybe there's not a bunch of good series. Maybe there's three potential sweeps and one absolutely amazing series. So where do you want to start? Let's start with uh, maybe the, the the reverse sweep, or I guess it wasn't a reverse sweep because they got to five last year, but Milwaukee coming out hard on Miami this year, man. They not letting them knock them out this year, huh? It was interesting because the two games are actually so different, if you think about it, because... In game one, Jimmy Butler took, like, what, eight three-point shots? Like, not Jimmy style. And Giannis, he's played good, not amazing. Obviously, he's been dealing with, you know, free-throw struggles. If you look at them, having 12 made of 20 in the two games. Now, 
6 for 13 versus 6 for 7. Very different games. But for me, Matt, it's like I said a week or two ago, however it was, it's all holiday. His defense has been absolutely fantastic on this team. He put 15 assists in game two. Like, man, the Bucks are rolling, and I'm happy to see it. Yeah, man. Um, I think you're right. Jimmy Butler struggled in that game one, and they even went to overtime, only lost by two. He was he shot nine three-pointers and was only 4-22 from the field. But in game two, where he kind of has a better game, well, I guess not necessarily a better game. He doesn't shoot as much in the game, but... He doesn't shoot threes in game two. He has a better game because he doesn't shoot threes, but he still has not been great through the series, Matt. Yeah, but Giannis, buddy. Giannis has just <laughs> come out. You're right. Holiday's been good. Chris Middleton has been good. Shout out to Chris Middleton's winning shot in game one also. Like, absolute banger. Yeah, but I, I think it I think it goes back to that third star that you were talking about in uh, Holiday, man. I think he gives them just that extra player that they can really rely on in crunch time, in crunch situations, in those big moments. They're not having to rely on a guy like DiVincenzo or Eric Bledsoe, who isn't known for his defense. So that's really nice for them, man. Is it going to be a sweep, though, you think? I mean, uh, check back in about 10 minutes, Matt, and maybe you'll find out. Hi, <laughs> will do, man. Oh. Yeah, but I'm super happy to see this. Um, yeah, you mentioned Holiday. Like, it's the defense, Matt. You think about Giannis and his DPOI potential that he's had the past few years. And in the modern NBA, when you have a player like Giannis who is who can guard anywhere on the court, you have to have a tandem with him right and as much as Chris Middleton is great he is a wing player and he's a little bit too big to guard the quick quick players that Drew Holiday is able to keep up with and chef's kiss well done Milwaukee this may be your chance to actually get through but we can move past this team now yeah man I mean let's go to a team that's playing some really solid defense who I did not anticipate that from the Brooklyn Nets man they've been holding Boston down while the three-headed monster has just been feasting on them. Do you think it's already over? I mean, the talent has shown, Matt. We've seen so many good moments. I mean, Blake Griffin had that pretty wild dunk that, you know, had Pistons fans being like, wait, he can still dunk? But, you know, I feel bad for Tatum's eye right now because he took an absolute, you know, stinger from, I think it was Durant's finger. Um, in game two and that really hurt for him but Matt all I see in this series Matt all I see is the fact that it's not us and we're not here and that it's Boston having to take this L because I mean you're right it's going to be up to whether or not this defense can hold up for the Nets but they look good in you know the ninth or tenth game that I think the big three is playing together this season yeah but man when one of the big three is Kevin Durant dropping 26 points on eight of 12 like just easy efficiency for him. You got Harden on 6 of 12. Like, Joe Harris hitting 7 of 10 from deep. And you're right, I Told man. you the best shooter on the team. Yeah. <laughs> and you're right, Jason Tatum, man. <laughs> Only 9 points after getting poked in the eye. Had an off-night shooting. It's already in the bag for me. Just give it to Brooklyn. Let's move on to that second round. Because they'll probably have to play Milwaukee? Yes. Yes, man. <sighs> This is the thing about the East right now. Like, 
we'll we'll move on to talking about the 76ers Wizards after I just make the fact that we're just waiting for the second round here. Besides the fact that the Hawks and Knicks is going to be a great series, Nets might is probably going to be a sweep, Bucks might be a sweep, and this 76ers Wizards series like man, Embiid isn't even destroying them in the post. Simmons is doing that. And the Wizards like they just they got nothing. I feel so bad. I feel so bad. Man, they're just not deep enough to contend with this team. I mean, when you, like again, a three-headed monster for the 76ers in Embiid, Tobias Harris who's showed out in the playoffs now, and Ben Simmons who can have six points but also drop 15 rebounds and 15 assists in a game like pretty wild stuff for that team. Westbrook and Beal just are a little bit undermanned in this one. Yeah. I have no uh, idea what what to feel about them. Shout out to the MVP of game 2 for the 76ers. Uh he plays for the Wizards by the way. Uh Davis Bertans who had 0 points, 0 assists, 0 steals, 0 blocks, um 0 turnovers, 2 rebounds, 4 three-point attempts that didn't go in and 6 fouls. Like Slow clap for you, my man. You did an absolute great job for the Wizards in Game 2, but I, I, it's unfortunate, Matt. Like, I, I don't know where the 76ers can look to try to find something in this series. Like, maybe Westbrook has a night where he can do a triple-double while Beal goes off for 60, but at this point, Embiid is having way too much fun out there. Man, I told you when they signed Bertans to a five-year $80 million contract, <laughs> yeah. that was a huge mistake and a gross overpayment for a player like that like oh geez just philly's moving on they're gonna play the winner of uh new york atlanta which looks like a great series besides all the spitting dude if you take away that dumb moment it has been bumping in madison square garden they came out absolutely loud and proud sold out seats you know, Stephen A. was like, I'm bringing out my credit card. I got to get on the front lines. They need me. And I mean, Matt, Trey Young, he just gives zero cares right now about anything. And it's going to be a banger series from here. I'm so glad the Knicks were able to tie it up last night. They went on a run in the third, fourth quarter with D. Rose on the bench, crazy enough. It was like a 20-point swing. It was insane to see, Matt. I was loving watching this game late. Man. Yeah, it was a it was a wild game, wild finish. I love Trey Young's confidence and the amount of smack he talks on the court. I loved him shushing the garden, telling them that he'll see you in Atlanta. Like, really, as the road team, you're only coming for one game. To get both is nice, but you really only need the split. And they got it, man. I'd be worried if I was a Knicks fan because Trey Young looking like he wants to put them out. And him, Ja, Luca. Like, we got a lot of young players doing a lot of damage in the playoffs. Love to see the it. League is, the league is in good hands, Matt. But I have to mention that Gallinari has not looked good. I mean, I'm referring to his gameplay, not his mullet, which may or may not look good as well. But the Hawks are in a weird place because they need their rotation pieces to start figuring things out. And Trey can only do so much. Like, I'm confident he could probably have a 45-point game and, and steal them game four or game five, maybe, you know. But it's going to be really interesting, and I think I'm going to stick with the Knicks. Like, I loved that moment where Obi Toppin goes in for the absolute slam dunk, and the garden just explodes, and they, they show his mom in the crowd just, like, absolutely bawling because, like, this is his dream, and you know that she's worked so hard to help him get there. Like... 
I love to see fans in the arena, and this is what basketball is about, when everyone can come together and enjoy the sport. And Knicks-Hawks, it's going to be a series, man. We all love it. Yeah, man. It's definitely going to be at least one of the series that we continue to talk about next week. Because most of them, like Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Dallas, probably all going to be over by next week. That, that's the thing. We I don't know if we'll be talking about second round games having started yet. Because there should be a couple of series that'll, you know, go the distance and be for a while. But it's possible that we could be talking about two, maybe three series next week at most. But uh, great games so far, Matt. I have been absolutely loving playoff basketball. And I hope Jaw goes for 50 in his next game because 47 just wasn't enough for me. I know, man. So sweet, but not sweet enough. I hope for it too, buddy. Uh, well, that kind of wraps up the series. I know you wanted to do some kind of a highlight for Raptors chat because they've been eliminated and we're looking at the draft at this point. I mean, the only, there's not much to say about the Raps. We haven't had any serious news. Obviously, we're sitting here waiting for Fade Facade. We're waiting to hear rumors what's going to happen with our bigs. But, you know, the news of Nabatier going to be a, the first fan inducted into the Hall of Fame. Like, I was super happy for him. You know, the North, like we mentioned it, the last few times we've talked about it, it's not the same if you can't have the games played in Toronto. And, I mean, that man hasn't missed a game in Toronto yet, so I can't wait for it to return next season because it's the only thing we can think about, Matt, is that basketball will return to the North next year. Thank goodness, man. And totally agree that he deserves a place in there. He's a huge philanthropist, has given so many tickets to to young kids who are underprivileged and just don't have the means to get there. So love to see the NBA kind of throwing it back to a fan to get his recognition. Big part of our team and uh, love to see it, man. Love it. Even though Stephen A didn't. If, if I was in a situation where, you know, I was standing over a lava pit and on one end I've got Drake and on the other I've got Nav and I'm like, hey, you've got to save the most important person is to the Raptors organization. Drake, my dude, I'm sorry. No more albums for you, dude. <sighs> I have to do it to him. All right. But yeah, that's enough for me, Matt. We can go into some uh, spicy predictions. All right, man. Well, it's not really a spicy prediction or a hot take, but I've just got the feeling... I got the feeling that Montreal's going to lose tonight. And that's it. We out. I mean, we out. That's, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to go for my dude. <laughs> uh, we'll come back. You got a young team. But, okay, my end, I mentioned it. Oh, I think it was about 10 minutes ago now. But, uh, Matt, it's over for the Heat. The Bucks, they're just too strong. It's going to be a sweep, 4-0. I have no faith. Tyler Hero hasn't been showing up. Duncan Robinson, eh, he's making shots. You know who they could use right now? Jay Crowder. Anyways, I'm done ripping on this team. Bucks, enjoy the second round matchup with the Nets, which will be a banger. Yeah, man. Going to be a major banger. And you're right, Jay Crowder, huge missing piece for that Miami squad and what they were able to do to Milwaukee last year. Beautiful. Anything else, my dude? Nah, man, we're good. Awesome. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like and subscribe if you're listening from YouTube. And check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.